0: NHK World Radio Japan, and Radio Havana, Cuba. We'll begin with Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. The Henan province of central China has been hit by the heaviest rains in 1,000 years, creating widespread damage and numerous deaths. As I put this shortwave report together, more rain is falling and more devastation is expected. Last week, Germany and Belgium saw record rainfall and flooding with many deaths and unprecedented destruction. Germany has approved a large rescue package of immediate aid, but a large population is homeless and will be for some time. Scientists largely agree that these floods and enormous wildfires in western North America are the result of climate change or global warming. Global carbon emissions are rising and will hit an all-time high in two years. Just 2% of global pandemic spending has been allocated to clean energy. The U.S. has decided that the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, carrying gas from Russia to Germany, will be completed and sanctions removed. COVID infections are rapidly spreading in most parts of the world. We'll hear reports from Australia, Myanmar, India, and South Africa. The White House has transferred a Guantanamo Bay detainee to Morocco. 39 remain in the prison, most despite being cleared for release. Pegasus is the Israeli produced spyware that was found on French President Macron's iPhone. The spyware has targeted 50,000 phones, many of them human rights activists and journalists. It can turn on the microphone and camera on the phone without being detected. Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. In China,
1: large areas of Henan province are underwater tonight after being hit by torrential rain and landslides. Meteorologists say it's the heaviest downpour in a thousand years. At least 25 people have been killed, many of them passengers trapped in a flooded subway in the provincial capital, Jiangju. With more rain on the way, there are fears that the situation can go from bad to worse.
2: Floodwaters immerse buildings in China's Henan province. The damage is devastating. The area is now a disaster zone. Heavy rains have brought the region to a standstill, flooding streets submerging cars and leaving residents stranded. Emergency crews have been working around the clock to rescue people and clear the rubble. But as roads turn into rivers, it's making efforts more difficult. Only heavy machinery can ferry some people to safety. In other parts, teams struggle to drain a flooded subway station. Many people were initially trapped inside, shoulder-deep in water. More than 200,000 people have had to evacuate their homes. Now many wait in makeshift centers like this for basic supplies. Dozens of reservoirs and dams have breached danger levels. The government has deployed soldiers to divert rivers which burst their banks. Our teams have rushed to Shangzhou, Lohiang and Kaifeng and other places in the region. We are focusing on flood diversion and the rescue operation. Other troops in Henan are also ready to participate. Scientists say climate change has made flooding in the region even worse. And while the search for the missing continues, fears grow that the death toll will rise and more heavy rains are still to come.
3: A cleanup operation is also underway in the west of Germany, a week after the region was hit by devastating floods. Emergency crews are clearing through muddy waters and the rubble of destroyed buildings. On Wednesday, Germany's cabinet approved an aid package of some 400 million euros to assist those affected and help with rebuilding efforts. The floods killed at least 177 people. Scores are still unaccounted for.
1: So intense fires and floods, we've got them on three continents tonight. Coincidence, or is this the work of climate change? To talk about that, I'm joined now by Dr. Markus Siese. He's a meteorologist at the Global Precipitation Climatology Center at the German Weather Service. We're seeing these events in the U.S., in China, here in Germany. Um, Are these all connected to climate change?
4: That are extreme events, and they are more uh, probable to... uh Um, occur during climate change or due to climate change. We uh, have uh, higher temperatures which allow more drought situations, uh, more dryness, but also more heavy precipitation.
1: We've heard from scientists that they predicted the massive flooding that we saw in Germany last week, Uh, but we've also heard from scientists that what has happened in the United States, for example, is something that has caught them off guard. I mean, how much of all of this is predictable? I mean, should we be able to see these extreme weather events coming?
4: I think we can see uh, such events coming. So uh, as, for example, in Germany, there were predictions of the uh, precipitation uh, some days in advance.
1: Is it as simple as saying that these extreme or these intense weather events, that they will become more frequent due to climate change?
4: Yes, uh, that's one of the results of the research that we can uh, assume that we uh, get more extreme events and uh, that our, these extreme events occur more, more often.
3: Global carbon emissions are set to hit an all-time high in two years and will continue to rise thereafter. That's according to a forecast released by the International Energy Agency. The organisation says just 2% of pandemic recovery spending has been allocated to clean energy, well short of what is needed to reach international climate goals. The United
5: States and Germany have struck a deal to resolve their dispute over the Nord Stream 2 project. Washington has long been opposed to the gas pipeline connecting Russia to Germany. The Biden administration has now agreed to allow its completion without imposing further sanctions, though it remains opposed to the project.
6: It hasn't even been completed, yet the Nord Stream 2 pipeline has been a major thorn in the side of US-German relations. The project will provide a second pipeline under the Baltic Sea, doubling the amount of gas Russia can supply directly to Germany. The US fears that it will give Russia too much power over European gas supplies. It also sees the new pipeline as a security threat, as Russia could shut down another pipeline supplying Ukraine and other nations. The German Chancellor has always framed the project as a commercial venture, and has tried to deflect opposition from allies. But she was also determined to resolve the issue before she leaves office this autumn. It was one of the topics she discussed with US President Joe Biden last week. So now a compromise has been reached. In a joint statement, Washington agreed to suspend all sanctions and tolerate the new pipeline. Germany in turn is committed to impose sanctions on Russia if Moscow uses the pipeline as a political weapon. It also agreed to use its leverage to help extend a gas deal between Russia and Ukraine. But critics say the agreement doesn't go far enough and Ukraine has already voiced its discontent. The completion of Nord Stream 2, however, is now all but a certainty. With 98% of the pipeline built, it is set to go into operation later this year.
7: Despite being under strict lockdown, Australia's two largest states have seen a sharp increase in new COVID-19 cases. Victoria State reported its biggest daily rise in more than a week. Authorities say record numbers of people are being tested. Over half of Australia's population are currently under stay-at-home orders. In Myanmar, a new third wave of coronavirus infections has sent demands for oxygen soaring. But the junta doesn't appear to have a plan to increase supplies with reports of the military hoarding oxygen for its members. The result is a frightening increase in death.
1: Millions more people may have died in India from COVID-19 than official figures show. A new study reveals the number of excess deaths in the country during the pandemic, maybe 10 times the official toll. The researchers looked at the number of deaths from any cause and compared the figure to a
3: pre-pandemic baseline. China has rejected the World Health Organization's plan for a second investigation into the origin of COVID-19. Beijing said the proposal showed disrespect and arrogance. Australia's prime minister has apologized for the country's sluggish vaccine rollout. Large parts of Australia are back in lockdown as the Delta variant spreads there. And a South African company will begin producing the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The BioVac Institute will become the first on the continent to manufacture the vaccine.
5: Now to the United States, and the White House says it has transferred a detainee from Guantanamo Bay prison to Morocco. It's the first such repatriation under U.S. President Joe Biden, who aims to close the detention center. Thirty-nine prisoners remain in Guantanamo, despite many being long cleared for release.
8: Jailed for almost two decades, never charged with a crime... Abdul Latif Nasir has spent a third of his life as one of America's forever prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. The US military accused him of training with Al-Qaeda. His lawyers say some of their evidence was obtained under torture. A review board recommended Nasir's release in 2016, but his lawyers say a paperwork delay left him stranded here.
6: Um, this individual, who we announced the transfer of, the Department of Defense announced the transfer of, had been, uh, had, had started moving through the process during the Obama-Biden administration and was on pause for some period of time over the last four years.
8: Almost 800 men were rounded up during the U.S. War on Terror and detained without trial at the Guantanamo Naval Base on U.S. territory in Cuba. Many suffered torture several died.
5: With respect to, uh, President Barack
8: Obama pledged to close the prison but I failed to finish to the job. His successor Donald Trump arrived in office with a different agenda.
9: To re-examine our military detention policy and to keep open the detention facilities in Guantanamo Bay.
8: Now Joe Biden's administration has revived Obama's mission.
6: Yes, our goal is to close Guantanamo Bay. Uh, There are 39 detainees who remain at Guantanamo Bay. Ten are eligible for transfer. Uh, I don't have a timeline for you. Uh, As you know, there's a process. There are different layers of the process, uh, but that remains our goal. And we are considering all available avenues to responsibly transfer detainees and, of course, close Guantanamo Bay.
8: Human rights groups say terror networks have used Guantanamo's injustices to recruit fighters and that the prison's closure... Can't comes soon enough. The phone of
1: French President Emmanuel Macron is among thousands targeted by Morocco for possible surveillance. Now that's according to French media reports.
5: Governments around the world are targeting the phones of journalists and human rights activists using a spy software called Pegasus. That's according to an investigation by more than a dozen news outlets, but the intrusion goes far beyond wiretapping. The Pegasus malware allows intelligence agencies to secretly activate the microphones and cameras of their target's phones, turning them into 24-hour surveillance devices.
10: His smartphone was the target of a sophisticated spying operation. In 2019, the Hungarian investigative reporter Szabolcs Panyi was spied on for months with Pegasus software, according to a forensic analysis of his device, and his own government may have been behind it.
9: They could have accessed all my emails, uh, my calendars, uh, my photos, my videos. They could even turn on my, uh, my microphone and camera.
10: Pegasus can be installed without the victim doing anything, usually by an invisible message. One of Panyi's colleagues was also under surveillance, according to an investigation by an international team of journalists coordinated by the non-profit group Forbidden Stories. Several media organizations in Germany took part. They analyzed records that included more than 50,000 phone numbers, possible spying targets, apparently entered by customers of the Israeli software developer NSO. They included human rights activists, government critics and journalists.
4: We th- found some people, some human rights activists, one day decided to go in the street in Mexico to protest, and then the next day they were on the list.
10: Pegasus apparently also played a role in the killing of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Turkey's chief investigator was on the list of potential targets. The spyware was also linked to Khashoggi's fiance. The Israeli firm NSO insists Pegasus was only deployed against terrorists and criminals and says it would end collaboration if the spyware was misused. The company denies any connection to Khashoggi's murder. Sabolch doesn't know the extent of the damage to his sources. When asked about its surveillance, the Hungarian government said it followed all laws.
0: Those reports were from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, DW.com. Next, NHK Japan. Japan and Thailand are experiencing their fastest growth of the new COVID infections, despite tougher restrictions. Chinese government ships are passing through waters claimed by Japan. The British flagship aircraft carrier is heading to Japan for joint military exercises. There is a COVID outbreak on the ship. A Chinese company unveiled its magnetic levitation train capable of moving at 600 kilometers per hour. NHK, Japan.
11: One day before the ceremonial opening of the Tokyo Olympics, coronavirus cases are surging. Officials say the number of confirmed new infections in the capital on Thursday is nearly 2,000. That's the highest daily number in more than six months. Tokyo officials reported 1,979 new cases. That's an increase of 671 from the same day last week. New cases are also rising in neighboring prefectures. Across Japan, authorities reported nearly 5,400 infections on Thursday. Experts are warning the healthcare system will be overwhelmed if new cases keep growing so quickly. Thailand is also seeing a sharp spike with a daily record of over 13,000 cases on Wednesday as it struggles to contain the rapid spread of the Delta strain. The surge comes as authorities impose tougher restrictions. While the transport has been ordered to cap passengers at 50 percent of capacity. All domestic flights to and from Bangkok and other high-risk provinces have been suspended starting Wednesday. The government has extended a curfew for another two weeks until the beginning of August while encouraging people to work from home. The Japan Coast Guard says Chinese government ships have sailed just outside Japan's territorial waters around the Senkaku Islands, for 157 consecutive days. That's the longest span since Japan's government acquired some of the islands in the East China Sea from a private Japanese owner nine years ago. The Coast Guard says four official Chinese vessels left the contiguous zone just outside Japan's territorial waters shortly after 10 p.m. on Monday. Chinese government ships were seen in the contiguous zone off the Senkakus, every day of the 157-day period since February 13th. Chinese vessels repeatedly entered Japan's territorial waters and tried to approach Japanese fishing boats. Japan controls the islands. China and Taiwan claim them. The Japanese government maintains the islands are an inherent part of Japan's territory in terms of history and international law. It says there's no issue of sovereignty to be resolved over them.
9: Britain's Defense Secretary Ben Wallace has told NHK that a carrier strike group led by the state of the art aircraft carrier HMS Queen Elizabeth will visit Japan in September. The carrier strike group is currently in the Indian Ocean after leaving Portsmouth in May. These ships are due to hold joint drill drills with Japan's self-defense forces. Wallace, who is visiting Japan, spoke to NHK on Monday. He indicated the British ships, joined by Dutch and U.S. vessels, will disperse to visit a number of ports around the country. He also said countries such as China and North Korea challenge the values that Japan and the U.K. stand for, such as a free and open democracy.
6: What we must do is never stop showing that we are alliances and in those alliances is our unique strength.
9: Last week, the Royal Navy reported a coronavirus outbreak in the carrier strike group, including cases on HMS Queen Elizabeth.
6: The crew is fit and healthy. uh, To begin with, they're vaccinated. I'm confident that our carrier, where there's plenty of medical support, uh, that the time we come to Japan... Uh, you'll have a safe uh, and well crew, and and no one should be concerned.
9: The deployment is intended to showcase Britain's naval capability together with its allies and partners.
7: A Chinese company has unveiled its domestically developed high-speed train that's reportedly designed to reach 600 kilometers per hour. The Magnetic Levitation, or maglev train, was produced by CRRC, a major Chinese railcar builder. The five-car train was unveiled in the eastern coastal city of Qingdao in Shandong province on Tuesday. CRRC says each car can accommodate over 100 passengers, and it assumes that the train would operate with up to 10 cars. But the company didn't say when the train will make a test run at 600 kilometers per hour. In China, a maglev train using German technology went into operation in Shanghai in 2002. It's currently running services on a route of about 30 kilometers. CRRC said China holds the intellectual property rights for the latest maglev train, stressing that it was developed with its proprietary technology. Central Japan Railway holds the Guinness World Record of 603 kilometers per hour achieved by its maglev train during a test run.
0: Those reports were from NHK Radio Japan. They are now heard from 9.30 to 10 p.m. at 7245 and 7355 or on the web anytime at www3.nhk.or.jp. All the times I announce are for Pacific Daylight Saving Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report or could assist me by supporting this listener-funded program, I may be reached to the website and PayPal or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California 95490. Please help me keep producing this weekly show, which is freely distributed to radio stations and the Internet, like a listener in Toronto, Ontario did this week. Many thanks. We will conclude with Radio Havana, Cuba. The U.S. continues to urge other nations to take sides against the Cuban government, despite the recent vote at the United Nations to drop the U.S. embargo 184 to 2. Protesters in Colombia continue to be attacked by police and military. Then a viewpoint about the U.S. training of Latin American paramilitary and mercenary forces, which include a number of those involved in the recent assassination of the Haitian president, Radio Havana, Cuba.
12: The U.S. government today keeps its policy of double standards towards Cuba by urging other nations to take sides against the island while ignoring the international community's call to eliminate the blockade. Prensa Latina's news agency reported that on Monday, acting under Secretary of State for Western Hemisphere Affairs, Julie Shang, urged on Twitter other nations to stand against the Cuban government. According to official... A growing number of countries are calling for respect for human rights on the island, although she does not show evidence of such affirmation. The news agency noted that although the U.S. official now pretends to listen to the international community, less than a month ago, she ignored the reports of 184 countries to end the economic blockade against the Caribbean island. Last June 23, the U.N. General Assembly approved for the 29th time a resolution calling for the end of the unilateral siege against the Antillean nation, intensified with 243 measures imposed by Donald Trump's administration. The Cuban government assures that this policy is the main obstacle to its development, affecting more than $9 billion between April 2019 and December 2020, which causes suffering and shortages to families.
9: Alternative media denounced Tuesday a new scene of of repression by the authorities against a cultural group demonstrating in the Colombian city of Medellin, located in the department of Antioquia. As part of the demonstrations taking place throughout the country against the policies of the government of Ivan Duque for the commemoration of those killed and disappeared during the national strike and for Independence Day, the group of artists was dispersed from the center of Medellin despite the fact that they were peacefully concentrated. Another of the expressions repressed was a concert that took place in the area of Parques de Rio, Medellin, where members of the police attacked the attendees with tear gas and stun bombs. In spite of the authorities' intimidations, Colombians continued to deploy in the cities demanding a change of model to combat social inequality and the vortex of violence.
13: At least seven members of the Colombian paramilitary commando that assassinated Haitian President Juvenel Moïse on July 7th recently received training in combat tactics from American specialists. According to the Intercept website, the individuals were approved to receive these courses at bases located in Colombia and on American soil, when they were members of the South American Nations Armed Forces. The website offered statements by Adam Ezakson, director of the Defense Surveillance Program of the Washington Office on Latin America, who assured that in the last 20 years at least 107,640 troops have been trained within the framework of Plan Colombia. The programs are varied and range from military leadership, that is to say management and command of groups in operational situations, field medical assistance, anti-narcotics tactics, and even vehicle maintenance, including helicopters. The Pentagon and the Colombian Army are reviewing their files to establish whether other elements of the command that acted in Haiti passed these courses this is, of course, nothing new since, for several decades after the creation of the Inter-American Treaty of Reciprocal Assistance, officers and soldiers have been trained by the United States, not only in strictly military areas, but also in counterinsurgency actions. Dan Anthony Micione, the head of the public security division of that entity, traveled through several Latin American and Caribbean countries training in torture techniques to obtain information under the ages of U.S. aid. The fact is that many of those who received these lessons for so many years, when they finished their work in armies or police, some even before that, became labor for organized crime or parliamentary gangs at the service of landowners and oligarchs. When the internal armed conflict in Guatemala ended, for example, many elements of the elite Biles group, who were left unemployed, became part of the drug trafficking gang known as Los Zetas, Last May, the website thegrayzone.com reported that the American Special Forces trained members of drug trafficking organizations operating in Mexico, among them the Jalisco Cartel, new generation one of the most feared. It remains to be seen, then, who really sponsors terrorism in the region.
0: Those reports were from Radio Havana, Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radiohc.cu, though the podcasts are no longer being updated on shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to one PM at 15140 and from six p.m. to midnight at either 6,000, 60, 60, or sixty one hundred. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people like you to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. Every Thursday evening I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show that's Out Far Press Dot com. At my website, you can also listen to past shows. Please take a moment to make a safe donation online through PayPal. There's a link at my website along with the podcast link and get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 25th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. The shortwave report is produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar panels. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thank you for listening.